This episode is dedicated to Zane Estrada and all my patrons. Hey, welcome to GOK, the Gospel of Kennison, the personal audio journal of me, James Kennison. Thank you for joining me today. So this is one of those episodes where I just hit record and I start talking because I don't have anything to talk about other than stuff that's going on in my life. But it's an audio journal, and that's kind of what the whole thing's for. So I'll start where I feel like I need to start. One of those things is I was prepping for a future episode of GOK where I was going to read off a whole bunch of quotes about depression that actually matter to people with depression. Because there's tons and tons of articles out there full of quotes And it's just copy and pasted from other people's quotes. And some of it has to do with the Great Depression. And that's how you know they didn't go through and read them. They just did a search for depression quotes and then they copied and pasted. And I really wanted to go through and go through ones that made an impact in my life and and would therefore make, um, you know, maybe be a show that somebody could pull up whenever they're feeling bad and just hear a bunch of good, positive quotes. Um, and, and, you know, ones that would help them in, in times of trouble. So I was doing that and I came across one of them and I don't know exactly where it's at, so I can't read it word for word, but it was an anonymous Twitter type of thing. And it said something to the effect of no matter how much, um, I, I hate the fact that this is true. I, you, I can't underestimate or understate the importance that exercises had on my depression. And I was like, dang, you know, for, in for layman, for the layman's terms there, basically they're saying that exercise had the biggest impact on their depression or, or a, at least a significant one. And I'm like, okay, I'm the guy that always says that I do what I can do when I can so that when I can't, it's not as big a deal. So if that's true, then I need to step it up and I need to find a way to start exercising. And so, um, I have been, I went to my wife and I asked if we could rejoin the Y and she said, yes, and um, I've been going at least five times a week uh, to walk two miles. And I, uh, I do that and I've been ramping up the, the speed and the incline, you know, to get a, a better workout and honestly to get it done faster. <laughs> and uh, I've been doing some strengthening exercises uh, just little things like a resistance band and then uh, put one end under my foot and hold on to the other hand and, and just kind of flex my, my wrists and my arms. And, and uh, so working on my forearms and things like that, it's just kind of the point that I was so sedimentary. I was so, um, I, I think my muscles have atrophied just because of, my lack of activity um, over the last five years. And it was getting to the point that anytime I did anything strenuous, anytime I did any real work, I would pull something or hurt myself. 
and just didn't feel as sure about things. Um, I've got a wrist that is acting up. I have a tennis elbow kind of situation going on and I have this knee that's acting up. And so I've been doing some leg exercises and it doesn't hurt me when I'm walking the knee. It's only when I'm climbing stairs. So I've been working on my hamstring and, and my, uh, whatever's these are the muscles on the, uh, just above the knees. I think they're called the, I don't knows what they are. And, uh, so that's been fun and, and I've been doing that and I, I would want to talk to anyone, um, you know, right now, specifically anyone that is like me and is overweight and is someone that's like, I don't ever want to exercise. Um, here's, here's how I got started on it. It's, uh, I, I got started on it with very little dedication. Okay. I got started on it by just saying, you know what? I'm going to do this and I'm just going to do the minimum. I'm going to get on a treadmill. I'm going to turn it up to where I feel like it's my normal walk and I'm going to walk at least two miles because I knew I could do that. I knew what I could do. I knew it wouldn't be strenuous and I knew it wouldn't hurt me, you know? And so that's what I did. I started with that. And here's why, because sometimes what I do, and maybe you do it too, I get this idea in my head and I'm going to go from zero to a hundred percent awesome overnight. And I get on those treadmills or I get on the machines and I just kill it, man. I'm working out. Ooh, I'm sweating hard. I'm doing all these reps and blah, blah, blah. And then I can't move the next day because I, my muscles are all tight and it hurts. And that's my memory. And it's like, I don't want to do that again. I'm too sore to go back. Um, and so I just skipped all that mess and I did what I knew I could do. And once that got a comfortable, then I upped the speed a little bit. And I have since upped the speed twice. Uh, I started it at 2.5, I guess just once then. Uh, and now I'm at, 2.7 and um i'm i do two point i, I do 3.0 for the like the last half of the the second mile and so i guess that's twice um i've also started on a one percent incline since then but i've been doing it you know uh, almost every day um i i went yesterday i didn't go um I didn't go, or I went day before yesterday. I went yesterday. I didn't go today because I think I overdid a little bit. Um, like I said, I, I, I ramped it up, uh, to three for the last half. And I, uh, I had the incline at 1% and that was probably overdoing it. So my, um, my legs and, and stuff are, are really sore. And so I'm taking a day off and, um, I, but that's, that's the thing. I didn't fail. I'm, I'm just taking a day off and, uh, it, the, the new has already worn off. It was, you know, it was fun and new and exciting the first time, you know, when you, when you finally get the guts to do something and you get all these highs and stuff that's already gone and I'm still doing it. I'm not trying to lose weight either. 
That's the other thing is I didn't put that on myself. I'm just trying to get normal. If that makes sense to where my muscles are normal. I think they're less than normal. So I'm just trying to get them to normal to where I don't hurt myself walking up the stairs and, and carrying things and, and stuff. So I'm strengthening my forearms. Like I said, uh, tops and bottoms, my, I, my wrists and my hands, uh, my legs, I'm going to start working on my lower back here shortly because, um, I was striping a parking lot yesterday and, uh, my lower back was, was bothering me. I'm like, hey, Oh, I need to work on that. You know? And I think that's how this thing's kind of going to grow is, is organically. Occasionally my, one of my family members goes with me. Jenna's a, old enough to have her own car now and she works out and, um, they went, I had them home on Monday and we went to the, they went to the pool while I worked out and it was really fun, uh, for them to be able to do that. Um, it, it only takes me about an hour, you know, so 45 minutes on the treadmill and then 15 minutes to do the rest of the stuff. And like I said, I'm not trying to build mass. I'm not trying to impress anybody. I also, um, am not trying to worry about other people. Uh, the why is great in that there's lots of different kinds of people that go there versus a normal gym. You go to a normal gym, everybody already looks like they belong there. They look very nice and, and sleek and defined and fit. And, um, I like the why because there there's a dude that looks homeless that's doing some weird thing. There's a kid in jeans on a treadmill and, and there's old people and, um, there's some fit people, but they're not, you know, they're not that impressive. So I, I like that. I can be fat and not feel like I stand out. Um, I do, I do feel a little stupid when I'm doing the resistance bands and, and I'm this fat guy just curling my wrists, you know, somebody's looking at that probably going, you know, he needs to work a little more than that. That that looks stupid, but that's my thing. And my point of this little tiny segment is that I've decided to not worry about that. I'm, I'm one for some reason at the gym, especially, uh, and I guess pools too. Um, I I just very self-conscious used to be everywhere. Now it's just places like the gym. And I, I don't want to look at the machines because I don't want to look like I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to use them improperly. I don't want to be seen doing anything. Um, but I've just shaken that off and said, you know what? I don't care. I'm old and fat and this is for me. And so I take my, my phone and I prop it up on the little, little ledge and I watch reruns of parks and rec on my headphones with my headphones. Uh, and I walk my two miles and then I go over and I grab a resistance band and I do my little stupid looking wrist curls. And, um, you know, people are just, people don't know that I'm working on injuries. I had carpal tunnel, uh, and had surgery this past year. So it's a good thing that I'm working out, you know, and, and getting that, that part of my hand strengthened back up. Cause I did lose a little bit of uh grip, you know, how could you not? I mean, they cut a major, uh, a tendon or whatever 
it, it, it's going to affect you, especially scooping ice cream. It, it makes it hard to scoop ice cream, which I guess is a good thing, right? So um, I just think it's ironic that I was going through all these quotes and ended up with a quote that, that changed me and got me finally, uh, you know, off my butt a little bit working out. And um, I'm, I'm proud of myself. Pretty darn proud of myself. I don't bite my fingernails anymore. That, that happened, you know, a while back due to a podcast. And, uh, and, and now I'm working out due to the same podcast, just making up, you know, content for it. Um, uh, another thing that I've been doing is recording a podcast with my wife. It's called We're Both Right. And I was able to use the name of Eric Fisher's old podcast with permission, uh, gracefully given by Eric Fisher himself, uh, because I couldn't think of a better name. The, the, you know, it used to be geek loves nerd. My wife always hated that. Um, it wasn't the best name. Um, but we're both right as for a, it's, it's an advice and opinion podcast. It just fits the format perfectly. And so WBR podcast has been born. There are two episodes. You can find them at we're both right.com. You can go uh, on, on your Apple podcast or your Google podcast or your Stitcher. Um, and they're all there. Uh, I think that's even in, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Let me look it up real quick. We're both right. It's even in Spotify. So if you're a Spotify user, you can look up. We're both right. And it'll be there. Um, if it's not just go to we're both right.com and you can click all the links that you need to subscribe it's also part of the NLCast master feed. If you're one of those that, that uh, enjoy everything that we do, you can get it also through there. We've done two episodes, one um, uh, a couple weeks ago, and then one last week. We're still kind of working out exactly when we're going to record and what nights are good. Um, but uh, my wife seems to be really into it, which is great because I, I kind of had to nagger into doing it back in the old days and now i think she's she's either into it or she's excited to support me you know as i'm into it and and it's probably a little bit more of the latter um but it's it's great and people are sending in questions and uh that they want our advice on and we're answering them and it's a lot of fun you could send questions and help us out a lot actually because we're still new we don't have that many listeners, so there's not a lot of questions. But if you wanted to, you could send in a question or a topic suggestion that you wanted to hear us talk about. Somebody recently suggested um, uh, communication, just how to how to communicate well with the spouse. Uh, you could send those to um, wbrcast at gmail.com. Um, and and. So, you know, we're both right cast WBRcast at gmail.com. And that would, that would be great. Um, we're also on SoundCloud, you know, and things like that. So, um, it'd be great. It'd be great. I, I recently was able to guest host a podcast, um, the retro rewind, which is hard for me to say retro rewind podcast. 
um, at retrorewindpodcast.com. I always want to say Wetua Rewind, but that's that sounds a little bit too too much like Homestar Runner or Jojo the Christian Clown. But um, we we reviewed the the movie Signs, and they have a particular format where they go through and uh, they have you um, uh, they they talk about the movie a little bit, then they go through your likes. And then they go through the, the feedback from um, their listeners about the movie. And then they go through dislikes. And then we're supposed to give a final rating and um, all that good stuff. And I I just was myself as usual and um, probably messed up the whole show. But it was a lot of fun. And I talked too much. And uh, they it's, I frustrated Francisco, who was the, <laughs> the leader. But it, 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 I just got through listening to the episode and it is, uh, it's funny. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, even though I didn't like the movie that much, uh, signs with Mel Gibson, you know, the one about the aliens and M night Shyamalan and all that. So, uh, you know, watch the movie and then go to retro rewind podcast and click on episode 173 signs and, uh, listen in. And, 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 you know, subscribe to them and listen to their show. They do great stuff. Um, they, they've reviewed, uh, Superman two, die hard, the Goonies, teen wolf, Ernest goes to camp. That was, that must've been fun. The dark crystal, Superman, Lord of the Rings, Dick Tracy, hunchback of Notre Dame. Their thing is that the movie has to be like 15 years old, um, all the way through, uh, like, and, and so, um, it's either 10 or 15 years, but that's kind of fun. It's a fun show. And, uh, I would like to do it again sometime. You know, if, if they wanted to have me on, I would do it. So that is pretty much it as far as updates and life stuff. Um, would you like to hear some of the quotes that I would eventually like to turn into an entire episode. Um, maybe we'll bump into the one I'll, I'll do 10. Okay. I'll do 10. Cause I, I kind of want to, like I said, do a whole episode where it's just good quality quotes. Um, I didn't want to wake up. I was having a much better time asleep and that's really sad. It was almost like a reverse nightmare. Like when you wake up from a nightmare, you're so relieved I woke up to a nightmare, Ned Vicini. Uh, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, I, I could relate to that big time because sleep is like the only relief you get when you're depressed. And, uh, it is, it is like a reverse nightmare. You wake up to the nightmare and, um, that one just rang true to me. Uh, not all these are advice, you know, things. They're just stuff that you can relate to when you're depressed. Uh, here's number nine. There are wounds that never show on the body that are deeper and more hurtful than anything that bleeds. And that's from Laurel K. Hamilton, Minstrel's Kiss. I don't know any of these people. So, but I believe all truth is God's truth because he is the originator of it. So if they happen to stumble on something that's good, uh, I don't care about the source. Um, because ultimately it was, you know, his idea. So, um, that's my little disclaimer, but 
there are wounds that never show on the body that are deeper and more hurtful than anything that bleeds. And, and that is very true. Uh, there, there are stuff that happened to people, happens to people, all the people. And, uh, they're struggling. Matter of fact, I just read a comic. It's one of those, um, it's from, uh, Oh, I can't even remember now. It's, it's a, it's a comic I've seen on Facebook pop up once in a while called coffee with Jesus. And, uh, the guy is talking to Jesus and they're having coffee and stuff like that. And, and he, she says, uh, something about, I don't, I don't No, No, it was another quote. It was another quote I read while I was looking at those comics, actually. <laughs> Derp. Um, and it said something to the effect of why are you nice to people that are mean to you? And, and the answer was, uh, because I have been rude to nice people and it was always out of some sort of deep troubling pain. Uh, the comic that that was a, uh, a comment on was more to the effect of, um, you know, I'm going to go out and I want to be a blessing to people that are struggling. Uh, but how do I know who those people are? And the Jesus character says, everyone, (laughs) And he's right. Um, everybody has stuff they struggle with and everybody's hurting. Number eight, please stop asking me if I'm okay. I'm really tired of lying. <laughs> that one, um, if you listen to my last episode, I read an article on that whole topic that I wrote about don't ask me if I'm how I'm doing because I either have to lie to you or I have to tell you the whole truth. I can't just say I'm fine because that's a lie. Uh, number seven, the so-called psych, psycho lot, the so-called psychologically depressed person who tries to kill herself doesn't do so out of quote, hopelessness or any abstract conviction that life's assets and depths do not square and surely does not because death seems suddenly appealing. Um, and I, I believe that I used to believe that people that committed suicide were taking a a short road out, you know, just trying to get out of it. But, um, I read something and it may have even been in one of these quotes that I'm going to read later that talked about how people that jump out of burning buildings, um, they don't do it, uh, until the last possible moment, you know, and it, where jumping becomes preferable to burning to death. Uh, people will jump from extremely high places uh, and, and therefore, you know, kill themselves, but they're not burning. And, and they, they liken that to the way depression eats at you and wears you away and how um, death becomes something that seems more favorable than, than burning, you know, Um, I still don't think anybody should ever kill themselves. I survived. It's possible. You know, uh, you always get better. There's always hope. Um, but I do have a heart for people that have done that now that I didn't have before. Um, so, uh, this next one is, I believe is number six, the, the person in whom it's in, it's invisible agony reaches a certain unendurable level will kill herself 
the same way a trap person will eventually jump <laughs> from the window of a burning high rise. Make no mistake about people who leap from burning windows. There it is. <laughs> Their terror from falling. This is it. This is the one uh, from a great height is still just as great as it would be for you and me standing speculatively at the same window, just checking out the view, i.e. the fear of falling remains consistent. The variable here is the other terror, the fire's flames. When the flames get close enough, falling to death becomes the slightly less terrible of the two terrors. It's not desiring the fall. It's the terror of the flames. There they go. They said it a lot better than I ever could have. Uh, that was, I don't know who that was from. Not all these are attributed. Uh, number five, depression, panic attacks, and anxiety are not signs of being weak. They are signs that a person has been strong for too long. And I really, really like that. Because depression tells you that you are weak and that you are purposeless and you are hopeless and, and all this. And, and looking back, I see that there was an amazing amount of strength required to survive such a thing. So I love that quote. Um, the bravest, strongest thing I ever did was continue on with my life, even though I wanted to die again. I don't know who said that, but, um, it is, it is very motivational and it reminds me of a quote that I know is not in here that is attributed to Winston Churchill, though it's it's probably just left up to anonymous. And that is, when you're going through hell, keep going. That one was one of the few that really resonated with me as I was going through life uh, in depression. It was it was rough. Um, let's say this one's number four. And yet nobody down on the sidewalk. Oh oh oh! I um. Okay, maybe this is a continuation and I pasted it in between the other ones. Here's the ending of that last one. And yet nobody down on the sidewalk looking up yelling don't and hang on can understand the jump. Not really. You'd have to have personally been trapped and felt the flames to really understand a terror way beyond falling. And that's attributed to David Foster Wallace. So there's a there's a completion. Let me cut and paste that one right back in there. Um there it is. Now it's in the right place. Uh, let's let's say this is three. Uh, that's the thing about depression, says Elizabeth Wurstel in Prozac Nation. A human being can survive almost anything as long as she sees the end in sight. But depression is so insidious and in compounds daily that it is impossible to ever see the end. And that is absolutely true. That is absolutely true. Um. I've always been an optimistic person and always been able to see uh, a light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, you know, knowing that, that I would make it through this and it would be okay. But depression, man, took that away. And I remember finally, you know, when things started getting better, it's almost like somebody ran up ahead and, and screwed in a light bulb and, and I could finally see that there was hope, but for so long, there was nothing. Nothing. It's an endless tunnel. It convinces you that it's never going to change and never going to stop. And uh, that's uh, that's what that's what it does. That's what it does to you. Let's say this one is number three because I forgot where we're at. It's hard to be a friend to someone who's depressed. 
but it's one of the kindest, noblest, and best things you will ever do, Stephen Fry. I know Stephen Fry. I know he's not a big fan of people like me, uh, Christians, but he has been through depression, and he has a lot of great things to say about it. And um, and he's right that it is very difficult to be friends uh, with someone who's depressed, which is why a lot of people don't bother, and a lot of people shut me down um, when when I couldn't maintain, you know, their version of me, you know, the the outward version. Um, but yeah, be a friend to someone who's depressed. Uh, it's hard work, but it's, it's good. It's good for both of you. All right, let's call this one the last one, because I think I did three twice. There's no point treating a depressed person as though she were just feeling sad saying here now, hang on, you'll get over it. Sadness is more or less like a head cold with patience. It passes depression is more like cancer. Barbara King's law King solver, uh, the bean trees. I might have to read some of these books, but, um, they're right. It's not something that, um, this goes along with that one that said that depression compounds daily. Uh, it is like cancer. It spreads and grows and it, and it just sneaks up on you. And, um, and then one day you can't handle it anymore. Uh, let me read this one because this is C.S. Lewis, The Problem of Pain, and, and I want to end with C.S. Lewis. Mental pain is less dramatic than physical pain, but it is more common and also more hard to bear. The frequent attempt to conceal mental pain increases the burden. Gosh, yes, it does. It's easier to say my tooth is aching than to say my heart is broken. And um, he is so right. I'll never forget what it was like to try to keep up appearances uh, when I was working at the church, trying to be, you know, the children's pastor and seem like everything was okay. There was a lot of um, pressure at that church for pastors to be above reproach and appear so, you know. I know we're supposed to be that. But it was it was past reproach. It was like they had added extra stuff on it that you had to be happy all the time, that you had to look like you had it together. You had to basically live your life to prove that this God thing worked. And when I couldn't do that, when I became someone that couldn't keep up the facade, um, I became a liability. And... Uh, it's hard. It's hard to conceal mental pain and C.S. Lewis must know. I, I understand he lost his wife to cancer and, and knows about pain, knew about pain quite a bit. Um, I really can't think of anything else to talk about to pad out this episode. So I guess this will be a short one. So I do want to thank um, some, some key patrons uh, Zane Estrada, of course, I mentioned before, Carrie Wright and Carrie Bernhardt. Thank you so much for your support. It does help so much, not just financially, but mentally. It helps me because it helps me feel like I'm bringing in some, um, some, you know, income into the home. And, uh, if you want to be one of the people that help me out, uh, you can, you can also 
Become a patron at patreon.com slash G-O-K. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash G-O-K. And uh, you can give a buck a month or two bucks a month, I think, or something. I don't know what the breakdowns are. But uh, there are rewards, you know, like having your name mentioned, and I give out stickers and, you know, all kinds of good stuff. So um, if, if this has been a blessing to you at all, I'd love to hear from you as well. You can send emails to me at james at nlcast.com. We also have a Discord server where you can chat with myself and other members of the NLCast uh, podcast community. And uh, if you have any questions or input uh, for this show, again, james at nlcast.com. That's how you get a hold of me. That's how you contact me. And I, uh, if you ask me a question, I'll write back. If you send in the suggestion, I will likely use it. If there's something you'd like to know about me or hear me talk about, I will likely uh, take that and, and run. So this has been episode 99 of GOK. Thank you so much for listening. And um, I hope you're having a very blessed day. And I hope that this little tiny show has been a blessing to you. And we'll see you guys next time right here on GOK.